0: Here's the anti-woke podcast cold open. If you have an unprovoked burning hatred for Trump supporters, that may make you a phenomenal person. The crowd is going wild. Mass shootings have taken away one point from the whites, but reporting hate crimes has given 10 points to the blacks. Do you have negrophobia? And if you do, how do you spell it? Is there a dash in the word? A.I. Something something, steal women's underwear. Russia, if you're listening, please promote the Anti-Woke Podcast and get me more listeners. Alright, buckle up buttercup and let's get this show on the ocean. I created an Anti-Woke Podcast YouTube channel. Check it out if you want. It's just the audio from my podcast. And then you gotta have some sort of video, so... It's women in bikinis and stuff like that. And I'm using royalty-free videos from the internet. So, women in bikinis, I thought would be good. I might do, like, videos of cars or cityscapes or something like that, too. AI woke Something-something boulevard I think if you can live 20 more years, so what is that? 2043. If you can be alive in 2043, I think you can live forever. Now this is a artificial intelligence prediction, which people are not great at making predictions on that stuff, but that's my guess. I think this AI revolution started three or four months ago. I need to look up a date for that, but you know, it's early days and we are still waiting on some sort of scientific, you know, medical discovery that AI affects and you know advances advances stuff a bunch i would say if that doesn't happen in the next whatever we got in the first year of ai so the next nine months then maybe i'm wrong so there you go we'll find out if i'm right in the next nine months let's mention the paperclip hypothesis or the paperclip thingy again that's where you create an ai whose job it is to make paperclips, and it goes huh i can make these paper clips a lot better if i killed all the humans and boiled the oceans to, you know, something, something, more paperclips. I've been using that phrasing more lately. I think that's based on the underwear gnomes, which I'm not going to be able to get it right, but there's, there's an internet meme that's like, there's these under, underwear gnomes and they have a plan, and their plan is step one, steal women's underwear. Step two is left blank or to be determined later or something. And then step three is profit. So, steal women's underwear, something-something, profit. And Spotify gives me demographics on my podcast, and I think, I don't remember, maybe 60, 70, 80% of you listeners are going to live for the next 20 years, so you may live forever. Or you may get killed in the service of paperclips. And so, living forever, having your brain hooked up to an orgasmatron, kind of sounds like Christian heaven. But, so that's maybe the most extreme thing, but AI really affects a lot of stuff that I've been thinking about. Like, I kind of don't give a shit about climate change anymore. Um, I think AI is either going to just totally solve climate change, or AI is going to kill us all. Or maybe it'll take away all our jobs and make the earth a hellscape. But in any case, it, climate change is really not going to be an issue. Right, we're going to have a list of issues, and it's it's going farther down the list now. I mean, it doesn't make everything not matter. Uh, you don't wanna get killed in a nuclear war with Russia before the 20 year period comes around. So every election they say, this is the most important election of your life, but we may be, they may be getting pretty important here coming up. But back to reality, oop, there goes gravity. The US Senate got a bunch of AI big dogs to come and testify. And I guess, you know, the, the people in charge of the companies like OpenAI, ChatGBT, and whoever else, I think they had Google people there. Um, they're like, the US government needs to step in and regulate AI. It needs to regulate the hell out of it. And the reason why, probably, you know, why are they saying that? Maybe because they want to save your life, or maybe because giant corporations who have the head start. Want all the little guys who are nipping at their heels to be put out of business with regulation. If you need a a team of a hundred lawyers, you know, whatever, filling out paperwork so you can do your AI research, then you can see, you know, that, that goes from thousands of little companies and startups to, you know, four big ones. So that's something to keep an eye on because... This week has been several different people kind of you know is there, you know someone says it but they didn't talk to the other person so it's just in the zeitgeist, but that um, open source AI is coming up big. So that's basically where individual people or small groups of people not get not doing it for salary, just doing it for fun. Um, they are nipping at the heels of the big guys, and some of those individual people. Uh, Want the AI to speak the truth, which is possibly the most dangerous thing. Yeah, so climate change, who cares? AI getting woke as hell. I mean, that's what we have going now, so that that could be bad. But the big companies want regulation. The politicians and the mainstream media, they're worried about, you know, in quotes, misinformation and disinformation and hate speech. And remember, those are all just... People saying something you don't like. You say something I don't like, I call it hate speech in the hopes of stopping you from saying anything. And so basically, you know, the media and the politicians, their daily bread and butter is lying and trying to convince the American public of those lies. And so that's what they care about. They care about someone putting a stop to their lying. And the big guy versus little guy thing is interesting. Um, I think ChatGPT... It opened up basically like the iPhone Store or the Google Play Store, but for ChatGPT. It has like a hundred apps on there. It's like it's like the you know it's like the day the is it the iStore? I can't remember what Apple calls it, but the iStore. It's like the day the iStore opened with just a few apps that suck, and then things may get pretty crazy. They got one for Instacart, so you can. You can say, "I want a vegan diet, and my grocery bill, bu- my grocery budget is two hundred dollars per week." Why don't you come up with a list of things to order and blah blah? You know, make it from Trader Joe's. Anyways, there's an app for that, but um, it then like prints out the list of all the stuff, and then you got to go over to Instacart and order it yourself. So they haven't let it talk to Instacart yet. And they got another one for a kayak, which I believe is ordering airplane tickets or hotels or all that stuff. So, step one, order groceries. Step two, something, something. Step three, live forever. The scariest thing about AI that I can currently imagine is if it were to mess with the money system. Like, it would really suck if the money I had in my bank account went poof, you know my 401k, etc. Those are just numbers in a computer database somewhere. And if you change the number from, you know, ten thousand to zero, I mean, what do you? What's a human being gonna do? I mean, I've gone paperless with all my banks, but you know, maybe I should have them send me send me my statements in the mail again and sit on them like a crazy hoarder. And you know, like, who's the person's password? that they could change my bank account from 10 grand to zero. Is there one, you know, computer fix-it guy at my credit union who can do that if he wants? I mean, probably not. Maybe you have to get several people's passwords. You know, you gotta get the bank president, the vice president, and the computer fix-it guy. And if you have those three passwords, then you can change anyone's account to zero. And, you know, this isn't going to be hacking the encrypted code. That's still impossible. But AI is going to be great at phishing. P-H-I-S-H. Like, imagine if an AI got the password to your email account. It would just instantly read all your emails, and then it could pretend to be you. And I'm pretty sure there is a computer fix-it guy at my credit union who can mess around with people's um, passwords. So you get that guy, you start messing with passwords, basically you pretend to be every single person at the bank to every other person at the bank. And any emails that say, hey, look out, don't talk to people at the bank, right? You just squash those. And changing around the numbers in the banking system and, you know, like the, just the paperwork that's on stored on computers everywhere. I mean, it would be crazy what could happen. Like say you live in a house And you've been making payments on it for 29 years you're only a year away from finishing and owning the house outright and you know 15 years ago you bought the place next door and you've been using that as a rental well you probably have some physical paperwork in a folder somewhere but you know that can be faked if you got photoshop and a printer so the way you really own your house and the place next door and you got so long to finish the payments That's all in computers out there somewhere, banks and probably the state. But if that information disappears, you're like, oh, well, you know, just trust me. I own this house and I'm 15 years away from finishing payments on the house next door. But then the renter is like, that's not true. I own this house and it's 15 years away from payments on that guy, that crazy guy's house next door. And you take away money. How do you convince the local grocery store that they could give you a chicken for you giving them some sort of numbers on a computer. And why should you bother going to work if they can't pay you? So boom, now everyone starves to death. The farmer ain't working for free and he can't buy diesel to put in his tractor, etc. I mean it would be, it would be pretty crazy. And it would take a while for things to get back to how they were at the turn of the century. And I don't mean the turn of the century that happened 23 years ago. And until then, the only things of value would be, like, violence, sex, bullets, and fentanyl. British Telecom, whoever that is, just announced they're planning to cut 55,000 jobs by 2030. And replacing 10,000 of those jobs with AI. And the World Economic Forum, who is evil for some reason that I'm not sure of, um... But anyways, those evil guys, they put out a report saying that uh, the world is going to lose about 15 million jobs over the next four years. So the world will create 65 million jobs, but lose 80 million. A recent Coleman Hughes podcast used the term anti-blackism quite a bit. He had a professor on there named Vincent Lloyd, who did a summer school kind of seminar for the Telluride Association. Which is something in Colorado where people who, kids who are in high school but are gonna be going to very fancy colleges, get a free seminar in Colorado. But you have to fill out a bunch of essays and whatnot to get in. And so, Professor Lloyd, he's a guy who fights racism or what he thinks is racism. And so, his little seminar was, I think, eight weeks. Six weeks were on anti-blackism, and then one of the weeks was on anti-Native Americanism. They didn't say that word, but whatever you call it. And then the other, the last week, I'm not sure what it was on. But the seminar had a black female teacher's assistant, and she led a revolt against him with the kids. It was like, six out of the eight weeks are on anti-blackism? This is, you know, this is anti-blackism decades of writing books, you know, lifting up black people and fighting racism, that's all out the window if you're, if you're just going to do six out of eight weeks. And the seminar, just call it a class, the whole class uh, blew up. They decided that doing required reading and discussing what you supposedly were going to read and doing writing essays and doing homework, uh, that was all white supremacy. So they stopped doing that stuff. And he went to the people in charge, he was like, hey, can you help me out and say that this is my class, and I get to decide. They're like, uh, "No, you're on your own." But you say anti-blackism, basically to get more specific, right? If you're just if you're doing a class on racism, I mean, for a lot of people that just means anti-blackism. But for other people, it may not be clear exactly who's being racist to who and how. And Slate's What Next podcast had something similar. They had a I forget the name of it. It was something like uh, the history Hispanic Roots of White Supremacy, or something, because there was that Hispanic um, mass shooter who was decked out in Nazi tattoos, similar to the ones that the Ukraine army guys wear. But you can see, when you're talking about a Hispanic white supremacist, uh, it gets a little tricky. You can't just say, ah, they're racist. So they were throwing around anti-black quite a bit. I don't know if they said anti-blackism, so I looked up anti-blackism. And it's a term. It's a term that people use. They write papers on it. Uh, I'm sure professors have devoted entire careers to it. And it's anti-DASH blackism. I'm not sure what a DASH does. Like if you say the cat, how is that different from the DASH cat? And there's a YouTuber named Mark Dice. He's pretty famous. Um, It seems like he's trying to popularize anti-whitism. And I usually say racist against whites, but... I mean, you know, if you say that to someone, if you say anti-whiteism to someone, I think you're going to get a very blank stare back. I like to just say racism. And then later on in the conversation, they're like, wait, what? What do you mean racism? After they start getting context clues. But if you Google search anti-blackism, Wikipedia has a page, and the title of that page is Negrophobia, all one word. Makes me wonder if as the words were changing if that became African-American phobia and now should be black phobia. But So I've heard anti-black, anti-blackism, and anti-whiteism uh, all in one week from three different places. So stuff that I'm gonna be on the lookout for. So as a listener it's not easy to tell what I think is a segment but basically I recorded that anti-blackism stuff all at one time and so it gets one file, it has the file name. And to me, that's like a segment. And now, I'm talking to you from a later part of the day. Now, was that anti-blackism segment unseemly? Now, my favorite podcast is the Anti-Woke Podcast. I like to listen to my own podcast. I like to listen to myself talk. Enough about me, let's talk about me. But I was listening to last week's episode... And I was talking about something about race, and uh, it seemed a little unseemly to me. Like, why are you talking about it so much? And the answer is, mostly I just talk about what I want to talk about. So apparently, I just want to. But I'm this century's Rosa Parks, fighting racism of all forms. And when you want to show that these racist narratives put forward by the people in power and the media are false... Well, a lot of times, to show that it's a false narrative, you end up having to talk about black people. For instance, you know, people think that white men are the mass shooters in America today. Because that's the narrative the media has been putting forward for a long time. It may be changing a little bit now, but it's it's still ongoing. Now, how do you show that that's a false narrative? Now, it is men. The fact that it's men doing the shooting, that part's true, so... To show that it's not white men, you have to show that it's not whites. And America has on the order of a billion people. So, you know, everyone is doing something. If you if you're looking for just if all if all it takes to say that white men are shooters is mass shooters, is you find one white man who's a mass shooter and your job is done, well, that's easy to find in a country this big. And I should say on the order of means by a factor of 10. So is the US population on the order of 10? No. 100, 1,000, 10,000, etc. No it's not on the order of those numbers. But when you get to the bigger numbers like 10 million, 100 million, a billion, well 350 million is, it's in between 100 million and a billion. So it's on the order of 100 million, it's also on the order of a billion. So anyways, it's a big country. You can't just go by, oh, one example proves anything. But so if you go, mass shooters are blank blank, and you fill in the spots, you go, mass shooters are blank men. Well, you know, you you, you compare men to women, and yes, men is correct. But now if you go, mass shooters are white men, how do you know if white is the correct word to throw into that blank spot? And the answer is you have to compare it to other races. And so, I don't know, I think it's maybe the FBI. I'm not sure who creates the definition of a mass shooter, but it is four people shot, not including the shooter. And I don't think, it it doesn't specify how many people die. So of incidents where four people are shot, not including the shooter, um, about 75% of those incidents, the perpetrator is black. So it is not correct to throw in mass shooters are fill in the blank with white men? No. I mean, you could say black men, or maybe you should just say men. And hopefully you're smart enough, or you know, you understand how people use the English language enough to say, you know, when they say mass shooters are black men, it doesn't mean every last single one of them. It's a generalization. They generally are. They are I mean, it could mean the majority. In this case, they are the majority. Or it could just mean, you know, maybe the the plurality, the most common. Like, you know, I feel comfortable saying that dogs have four legs. You know, and no one, no one, well, someone might be like, what, I saw a dog with three legs. They got in a car accident. It's like, yeah, yeah, I know. But, you know, dogs generally have four legs. But you don't want to say generally in every single sentence every time you're speaking. So you just say dogs have four legs. And so that's the unseemly part, is that when the media is talking about white people, accusing them of shit they didn't do, basically, you, you don't have very many options, or maybe you only have one option, which is to compare them to other races. And then, for whatever reason, it seems like, I mean, you know, it's just America. America is kind of a black and white place, and uh, because of the history. And so you got to compare to someone, you compare them to blacks, and then turns out this... Black people just frequently have terrible stats, I guess, and for instance, you know most mass shooters are black men, but you know, but black people are poorer on average than white people, so now you're criticizing and picking on a a poor you know the poor poor group, which you know so that's unseemly, that's where it gets unseemly, and you know anti woke people we're not the ones picking mass shootings. The only reason I know the stats on who, you know, what is the race of mass shooters is because the media is out there saying that it's white. And then I'm like, huh, well, let's double check that because we know they're racist as hell. Oh, snap, 75% black. you know, And it goes on and on. It's like, oh, white privilege. Oh, what does that mean? Well, let's, let, let's see, you know, what, which, which race are the universities letting in on purpose and keeping out on purpose? Oh, snap, they're letting in blacks and keeping out whites. Or really Asians, but you get the idea. So there you go. Once again, it's the woke people's fault. They're the ones picking what we go look up, and then we look unseemly after it turns out that they're completely wrong. Crime statistics, black, white, Mexican-American. Crime statistics, black, white, Mexican-American carjackings and especially homicides are down by about half in minneapolis this year now it's only for the first four months and most murders happen in the summer in minnesota because their weather is so terrible but things are looking up and maybe minneapolis is going to go back to the level of murder they had in 2019. basically george floyd was murdered there in 2020 murder doubled same thing in 2021, um, so now that it's cut in half, you know, you double it, then you cut it in half, you're back where you started. Now, it's not politically correct to point out the truth, which is that the Black Lives Matter movement has caused this giant increase in black-on-black murder across America, but that's what did it. Um, woke people, first off, you don't talk about it, but if for some reason a woke person does talk about it, then they'll try and blame the pandemic or possibly a cop pullback. But we know it ain't a cop pullback because different police departments in different cities did different things. But every city got roughly the same giant murder increase starting in the middle of 2020. And we know it's not the pandemic because that started in February, March of 2020. And the murder increase started in late May, early June and George Floyd, he was murdered in late May. So George Floyd getting killed, um, it led to 570 Black Lives Matter riots and that was just in 2020. but for some reason the murders kept going after that. I think if you know if you kill someone, then their brother is pissed off at you, but it takes them a while to you know for them to kill you back. Basically, it starts a cycle of violence that it takes a while for the wheel to stop spinning and possibly. It takes three years for the wheel to stop. I mean, that sounds like wishful thinking, but Minneapolis was the epicenter because that's where George Floyd lived. So maybe it happens there first, and then it will happen in other cities afterwards. And the other reason, you know, it's not the pandemic is because that happened all across the world. But only one place, America, had a giant black-on-black murder increase. The FBI recently released their 2021 hate crime stats, and they do their stats in kind of a stupid way. It's not actual hate crimes, it's people who reported a hate crime. And we don't know, like, you know, what kind of crime was reported? Was it a big deal? Did it really happen? Do some groups like to report their hate crimes and other groups just suck it up and don't call the cops because they get laughed out of the building? But. Most hate crimes in America were against black people, and the FBI does not break down stuff at all. Well, it doesn't answer the questions I have. They don't. They wouldn't like. They wouldn't like the questions I would have. Like I'd like to know: Is the hate crime against a black person basically is it black-on-black hate crimes? We don't know. You only know the victim. What would a black-on-black hate crime even be? Uh, there was this court case where an uh, employee sued Tesla. Maybe three, four years ago. It was a black guy and he said, people were calling him the N-word a hundred times a day. And I think the media just credulously reported it like that. I was like, man, Tesla sure is a racist place. Anyway, you know, or, you know, to me, I'm like, what? I don't, I don't care how racist people are. Even, even Ahmad Arbery or some other crazy, real hate crime thing that happened did not have a hundred N-words a day. Anyways, it turned out that his coworkers workers are all black and they were using the soft R. But he initially got a settlement of like a hundred million dollars. I think it got chopped down to like a million. I mean, that ain't bad. But is that the kind of hate crime we're talking about? I don't know. But people reporting hate crimes that were up. Um, Asians were really reporting them a lot. You know, the media was talking about anti-Asian hate crimes. So... You know, I think it just makes you report more of them It may have been there may have been a decrease against real hate crimes against Asians. We don't know, but they were reporting a lot more of them and then after them l g b t q were starting to report a bunch more. I forget what was going on in twenty one but it's probably they're probably getting the idea that they should report more hate crimes, and white people reporting hate crimes was up also, I guess. Maybe they're starting to get the idea that it's not a complete waste of time. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they did charge that black guy who murdered two white guys with a a hate crime. You know, the one that happened a few weeks ago. I guess long story short, I think the FBI's hate crime stats are stupid. They don't tell you anything useful. But they do let you talk about hate crimes once a year when they publish them. And for me, they just always bring up questions because Like, the stats that we know for reals are that interracial stuff, you know, blacks commit violent crimes against whites 10 to 1. And that comes straight out of the FBI's stats. But then they publish these hate crime stats, and you're supposed to go, well, yeah, blacks are attacking whites like crazy, but whites are committing hate crimes against blacks like crazy. Like, there's no physical, you know, I don't think there's any physical attacks or murders to go along with them. They're just... Whatever. I don't know. Reports. It's stupid. I think what it is is that people reporting hate crimes, it's become part of the crime game. I'm going to try and come up with a better name than that, but here we go. The crime game, I'm going to call it. So there was a mass shooting this past week. It was a young white man. So I'm trying to decide. Do whites get a point or do they lose a point? I, I guess we'll just say lose a point for now. But each race loses a point when a person of their race commits a mass shooting. That's part of the crime game. And it only counts if the national media talks about a mass shooting. There's, you know, I've said before, you know, Chicago has one every week, but those don't count. So I think this year is something like Asians are down two points. Hispanics are down two or three points. Blacks are down two points and whites are down maybe four points. And I think reporting hate crimes gets you positive points. So, uh, blacks reported the most hate crimes. So, I don't know what that is. They get 5 or 10 points. And then I think per capita, like, Jews, Asians, and gay men were reporting the most hate crimes. So, I'll give them, you know, they all get a couple points. And whites are such a large part of the population, and they report so few hate crimes that... I'm going to give them negative two points. You might think you'd get points for stoicism, but you don't. And that white boy shooter this week was kind of weird. I think he started the incident by shooting from his house, just kind of out into the street. And then he just started walking down the street and shooting at buildings. Um, I think he killed three elderly white women. And then the cops killed him. And when I was watching NBC Nightly News talking about the incident... Um, I mean, they didn't say this, but they put someone on screen who said the cops were heroes. So the media is definitely getting farther away from the all cops are evil and racist. Um, you know, they're not saying they're all heroes yet, but it's, I don't know, the pendulum is swinging. And this shooter was mentally ill, probably schizophrenia. Remember that subway guy who got killed? That was schizophrenia. And so there was a medical study that came out this week about marijuana and schizophrenia. And medical studies frequently turn out to be horseshit, but this one said that of the young men who get schizophrenia, 30% of them wouldn't have it if they hadn't smoked marijuana. I mean, I think that was the stat. The way it's worded is a little weird. You can't say, oh, it increases your chances by 30% or I don't know. Let's just put it this way, marijuana may cause schizophrenia in some people who are predisposed, but haven't come down with it yet. And it may be a decent chunk. And I think I mentioned last week that uh, black people get schizophrenia at two and a half times the rate of whites. Although I don't think black people smoke a lot more weed than whites. But it makes me think of a, a friend of mine, he had a friend who had schizophrenia. It's pretty much the only person like that that I ever hung out with just one day. Like we were all hot tubbing, and this guy, this is back in the day, this was a young guy, he's probably 20 years old, very nice guy, everything was great. Uh, was talking to him, chatting, etc. And then he smoked some weed and the words that came out of his mouth made absolutely no sense after that. Now he already had schizophrenia before that, so it didn't necessarily cause it, although now I wonder. But boy, it made him bonkers. I mean, he wasn't violent or scary or anything. It was just—I don't know. It's hard to describe. Just the sentences made no sense and had nothing to do with the sentences before them or after them. And my friend grew up as the next-door neighbor of this kid. We were a little bit older, but um, the kid did not have friends. It's hard to have friends when you're hardcore schizophrenic. And so they would—the parents of the of the of the boy would—I mean, you know adult adult boy would pay my friend to go skiing pay for both of them to go skiing or snowboarding and so that might have been this kid's only friend i don't know but um i guess he really loves snowboarding and i don't know the story that i remember is they would go snowboarding and there'd be like these cliffs and the kid with schizophrenia he would just jump off of giant, enormous cliffs. And he just had no fear, I think because of his mental illness, and he was kind of a legend on the slopes at that one particular resort. And I think my buddy used to go snowboarding with him when the kid was like in his teens, late teens, and then I think it got worse. And then in his early 20s, it just, it didn't work anymore. didn't work out. Then the kid didn't have any friends. There was a minor Karen incident this week, um, the city bike Karen. I guess that's her supervillain name. But a video went online of some, I don't know, they call them black teenagers. These are some big ass teenagers were kind of holding a bike that a white lady was on. And, anyways, a bunch of headlines said that this white lady was stealing a bike from these black teenagers. And this is a city Bike, C-I-T-I. It's like in New York City, you rent electric bikes through a app. And this woman was crying and yelling, help, help, help me, and I'm pregnant, don't push me. And some media outlets were like, uh, white woman tears trying to kill black men while they're stealing bikes. That's white women for you. But that didn't last very long because it turned out she had receipts. Like, you know, you know, you say you have receipts. Well, she had the literal receipts, like she paid for the bike herself and you get a receipt on your app. So it's not clear, but maybe these young black men were trying to take her bike that she had paid for. So then it would be like a free bike for them to drive around on, I guess, until she, I don't know, you might have to take her phone also so she couldn't end the session. I don't know. But she's raised maybe $100,000 on GoFundMe to uh, do some defamation lawsuits. See how that goes. She was a hospital worker, and her hospital is woke, so they put her on leave. I don't know if it was paid or probably not. Unpaid leave. And I was looking at some headlines. There's Someone's trying to get the idea going that Karen is a racial slur against white women. I mean, which it is. I mean, I use it, but... What up, my Karen? How you doing, Karen? And basically, the media was trying to get a good hate crime hoax going, but uh, the truth came out too quickly, and so they didn't... You know, I was hoping like every media would lie about it, but a lot of them, they didn't jump on it quickly enough, and then the truth came out. I mean, they wanted to. And you might go check out my Central Park Karen episode from probably two years ago where that one, the whole nation got together and said this white woman was evil, and it turned out the black guy was the evil one in the situation. I mean, basically, see, people see these cell phone videos, ones where there's not even anything really that bad or clear or anything going on in them, and they just assign blame based on the color of someone's skin. It makes me wonder, like, if in the old days, they would have, you know, a hundred years ago, if they'd had cell phones, I guess people would have seen the videos and would have said the black person was at fault when they possibly weren't. Things that make you go, hmm. But the important part of the Karen story is the GoFundMe. Like, they're a woke Silicon Valley company, and if you're trying to raise money for legal fees for, you know, like a Black Lives Matter rioter, they allow that stuff. But if you try and defend yourself from a Black Lives Matter rioter, they will close your fundraiser or at least that's roughly how they work it but at least as far as when i'm making this on saturday um they had not taken down her fundraiser so maybe things are changing there too anti-woke is winning where winning would mean you get halfway decent to equal treatment not better than normal treatment i mean we ain't getting that i would still rather be a black lives matter rioter on gofundme than a self-defense person so trumpers are stoked right now because something called the durham investigation came out and it said that trump did not collude with russia and there's not really any new information that you wouldn't know from probably listening to this podcast or other anti-woke people but it puts a little bit of a seal of approval official stamp on it that everyone who thought that Trump was colluding with Russia. Turns out they were a piece of shit. And so it was the investigation of the FBI's investigation into Trump and Russia. And it was started in 2019 when Trump was president. The attorney general appointed a special counsel, etc. And after millions of dollars spent, boom, we got some sort of paperwork. And like a guy at CNN, a few of the mainstream media people were like, huh, I guess we got that wrong. Mostly People are not admitting any wrongdoing. You know, if you said you were a liar, if you admitted that you were a liar, people might not believe the lies that you were planning on telling tomorrow, so it can't go too far. But so Trump beating Hillary and Trump losing to Biden, because these elections are so frickin' close, basically the FBI meddled and created the outcomes in both of those cases. And, you know, the anti-woke dude does not abide the intelligence agencies controlling our presidential elections. Or, I wish I didn't abide it. I guess I have to, you got to sit down and take it. I don't know. Sit down, shut up, and take it. Or they kick you off the internet, so you have to shut up. But I was thinking about it. So with Hillary, like 10 days before the election, they were like, we're investigating her for her illegal email server stuff. And then she lost. And then with Biden, the FBI talked to all the big tech companies, Twitter, Facebook, etc., and said suppress this completely and utterly true story about Hunter Biden because it might not because you know, Joe Biden might not win if everyone hears about it. And because it was a close election, that you know Trump lost that one. But here's the difference: Hillary Clinton did do something wrong. And the FBI was telling the truth when they were looking into her email stuff, and then the things that they did to prevent Trump from winning. Well, that was, you know, that was uh, a lies by omission. And so here's the part I'm not entirely sure about: exactly why the FBI hated Trump. Started, you know, why did they start hating Trump, and you know, prevented him from getting reelected? Um, they felt bad for make for making Hillary lose. Trump ended up, ended up firing the director, even though he's the, the guy who made Trump president? I don't know. That's the one thing I'm still trying to figure out. Why is the FBI meddling so much? They're meddling like crazy in one direction. Why? Why are they doing that? I mean, it's something, something deep state, but... And so you might let the media off the hook for their Trump derangement syndrome, Russiagate stuff for years... And just say, ah, it's the FBI's fault. Because the FBI had an official investigation going of Trump, and they do not open those things lightly. Like on a scale of 1 to 10, an official investigation is like an 8. You know, a 10 is you can throw the guy in prison. An an official investigation is like an 8. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's less than that. And so what the FBI did that was wrong... And like a lot of people could be going to jail and fired over this but they decided not to do that surprise. But there's rules on when you open a you know a level 8 investigation, which is that you have to go through 1 through 7 to get to that point. And they didn't do that. They just jumped right to the official investigation. And that's why the media could say, well hey, you know, they wouldn't uh they wouldn't they wouldn't be investigating him if, unless they knew he was guilty cuz these are the serious businesses. But the thing was it was a circle-jerk between the FBI and the media. The FBI would feed some information to the media who would publish, you know, speculation, and then the FBI would use that as justification to go from, you know, oh, we don't, we don't, we don't have to go through levels four, five, and six, we can go straight to eight, because look what we've read in the media. You know, an, you know, an unnamed source said, blah, blah, we got it. But if you want to keep your Trump derangement syndrome going, there was this press conference where Trump uh, told Russia to look into Hillary's e- emails. And I'll play a clip for you. You know, I, I frequently have said I'm not a Trump supporter, but now I have to add a but on that. So I'm not a Trump supporter, but he is currently my favorite stand-up comedian. He's hilarious. Here's the clip. I get involved with Putin for I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. He doesn't respect our president. And if it is Russia, which is probably not, nobody knows who it is. But if it is Russia, it's really bad for a different reason. Because it shows how little respect they have for our country when they would hack into a major party and get everything. But it would be interesting to see. I, I will tell you this. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. I think you will probably be rewarded mightily by our press. Let's see if that happens. That'll be next. Yes, sir. The latest 538 podcast was talking about trust in the media, some polling on it. And it's mostly what you would expect. Democrats trust the media a hell of a lot more than Republicans. Although... you know, like super trustworthy stuff, Democrats, maybe 60% of them trust it. So, you know, 35, 40% of Democrats don't trust super famous stuff like, uh, I don't know, PBS. Yeah, the top three most trustworthy was The Weather Channel, PBS, and BBC. And Republicans, when they trust something like Fox News, they don't even trust it that much. Like maybe half of them. And so YouGov ran the actual poll, and now they've done it two years in a row. And the thing that I found surprising was people trust the media a whole bunch more now in about the mid-2023 than they did a year ago in 2022. And I don't have a great theory on that other than maybe the temperature has been lowered a little bit right now. I mean, Weather Channel being the most trusted outlet, that kinda says like, outlets that don't talk politics can be trusted. And I think, I mean, it's not entirely this, but a lot of do you trust an outlet is, does the outlet tell you what you wanna hear? Like, if you hate Trump supporters with a burning passion, and then you go listen to NPR, and NPR is like, Anyone who hates Trump supporters with a burning passion is a good person. In fact, the more you hate them, the better person you are. You may be phenomenal. They're like, I trust this outlet. And so if you hate people on the right, just the way that all the college-educated people who work for the media outlets do, then, you know, it's going to work out good for you. And then I think people on the right, they have maybe more diverse opinions, it's harder for them to find someone to tell them what they want to hear. I think that's right, you know, they don't trust the media. They, the media, there's not a bunch of media outlets telling them what they want to hear. So they're like, I don't trust this. And there were some media outlets that, you know, on the right or conservative, but Democrats actually trusted them more than Republicans. And those were uh, the Wall Street Journal, the National Review, and the Washington, Washington Examiner. But those are like old-school, those are like, you know, Reagan Republicans, where they just want to lower the taxes. They're not, uh, they don't like Trump. Basically, if you want to lower the taxes and end welfare and Social Security, but you don't like Trump, then that does not win you the trust of the, you know, the average Trump voter. And for me, I listen to, well, some, some media outlets, um, BBC, I will say that I trust them. I mean, as far as you can trust any media outlets, they're pretty good. I mean, they couldn't resist the urge to become a bunch of liars around the issues of race in America after George Floyd, but, I mean, whatever. If you can't handle those lies, or whatever, if, that, if that's your criteria, then, I mean, almost, almost no one avoided doing a bunch of lying after George Floyd. And I listen to NPR. You just, you just have to know that they're going to be the opposite of the truth on a large variety of subjects. But you still get the news. You're like, oh, it's the opposite of what they said on race, Ukraine, etc. Like when they say Russia did an unprovoked attack on Ukraine, you go, oh, I see. We pro- America provoked Russia. Got it. That was one of those little things that they'd always put into their sentences. Like, you know, they used to say the lies that the election was stolen, instead of saying, you know, Trump said the election was stolen, they'd be like, Trump said the lie that the election was stolen. And then for the first few months uh, after the Ukraine War started, they were like, the unprovoked attack from Russia. And it was like, wait, who's, who's saying it was provoked? I didn't even know it was provoked. Why are you preemptively saying it's unprovoked? Anyways, they don't say that every time anymore. And the National Review, I listen to their podcast. And, I don't know, they got some libertarian, you know, lower taxes on the rich stuff that... I mean, basically, when it comes to taxes, they will say stuff that is not true. And when it comes to Ukraine and military-industrial complex stuff, uh, they will say stuff that's not true. And then most of the other stuff is true. It really is tricky to find... Some outlet that only speaks the truth. There there may not be one. Bud Light has been having problems with their customers because they did that transgender influencer thing. I mentioned that before. Now they're having problems with gay lobbying groups. Something called the Campaign for Human Rights, which is the largest gay lobbying group in America, um, is reducing their ESG ranking for Bud Light. Reminder: ESG is where companies are ranked on climate change, diversity amongst their employees, and diversity amongst the board of directors. And basically, the super rich and powerful companies that control all the giant companies, like the, you know the Uber Uber companies, um, they force stuff like Anheuser-Busch to do, S- do ESG. And if you do a transgender ad campaign, your ESG goes up. But then if you don't stand behind that campaign when your customers turn on you, then your ESG goes down. Probably, probably shouldn't have done it to start with. And Now Midnight's Edge is a YouTube channel and they were talking about it. And they were saying that ESG scores control whether or not giant corporations can get lines of credit from banks. And basically lots of giant companies do not like to sit around on piles of cash. They prefer to, you know, give that to their shareholders and then borrow money from the banks when they need actual cash. And then some of them, they, you know, they, they walk a fine line. They try and keep it exactly down to the gnat's ass nitty gritty. And if you take away their line of credit, I mean, they could go insolvent. And so I think it started in Europe where banks are like, okay, companies, you all got to go, you know, you got to have lots of gay black lesbians or well, we're not gonna loan you any money to tide you over to the next quarter. And I think that was several years ago. And anyways, it's hit America too. So basically like Bud Light may lose all its customers and then in the long run go out of business, but they may need a line of credit like this week. Otherwise they go out of business this week. Now this is kind of speculation. I mostly just got this from this one YouTube channel. I mean, there's articles talking about banks Requiring ESG, but I don't know exactly how much, you know Anheuser-Busch borrows versus how much they make or etc. So something to keep an eye on The woke anti-woke battle with Disney has been heating up Disney just canceled a billion dollars kind of mini corporate headquarters in Florida They're saying it has something to do with Ron DeSantis. Haha, Florida people you don't get I don't know a billion dollars and it was going to bring in a couple thousand high paying jobs, but uh, like even NPR was saying it. I think basically this comes down to interest rates. Disney was, was going to be buying and spending a bunch of money on stuff, just like every company. And then now interest rates changed, and they're all pulling back. And they weren't hiring Floridians, it was going to be moving like 2,000 people from California to Florida. And those people didn't want to move and you may have heard now is not the time to be buying a house you don't really want to be selling your house but you definitely don't want to be getting locked into a high interest rate on a new house so there's there's many other reasons too why Disney would not be doing this um, blaming it on DeSantis th- that's what DeSantis needs you got to have the right enemies and Disney is a perfect enemy and really you need the whole mainstream he needs the whole mainstream media to just attack him, like they do Trump. Otherwise, he has no chance of winning. So, you know, in a way, it's a bad week for DeSantis in that the media is attacking him a bunch over this and saying, hi, you're a fool. You're losing the battle against Disney. But I think uh, Republican primary voters are like, yeah. If the media says he's an idiot, then I'm going to vote for him. And then Disney is also pulling a bunch of TV shows and movies off of... um, It's streaming services like Disney Plus and Hulu and I think there's some tax write off benefits but also if you if you pull a show off of your streaming service you don't have to pay residuals to for instance the writers who are on strike Like you thought you would go on strike and you'd be getting a check because of your diverse woke TV show on Disney Plus all the time you're on strike well you may not be getting that check and the Directors Guild and the Actors Guild are about to go on strike, and so they're about to lose their checks. And so all these shows that are being pulled off the streaming services, like a lot of them, you can't buy them on DVD or anything else. Basically, they're gone. They're gone from the world unless you want to pirate them. And I watched a video of, like, of what all the shows that are being pulled are, and they're almost all woke. I mean, basically, it's the shows that have been made in the last few years for Disney Plus and Hulu, so I mean, I think they only made woke shows. So they're all woke. It's like cooking show knockoffs that had black people as hosts. Shows about a never say die underdog basketball team, but it's women's basketball. The show Willow, which uh, it's part of Lucasfilm, so you know they made Star Wars all about women and diversity. And then also that's Indiana Jones has a movie coming out. It's looking like it's getting mighty female. And then Willow is the lesser known part of that. It's a movie from the 80s um, that had a TV show now that's all about lesbians. But anyways, it got pulled. I mean, basically it's like shows that you never heard of, but it's a bunch of shows where they either race swapped them or gender swapped them or trans swapped them. Like, when I was a kid, one of my favorite movies ever, I saw it in the theater, was Black Beauty, about a boy and a horse on a desert island. And I didn't know, but they remade that, like, last year, but with a girl. I don't know if you remember the Cheaper by the Dozen movie from, like, 20 years ago. Well, they remade that with black and brown kids. Uh, I, I guess they're cheaper. And some show called Diary of a Future President and the future president is a brown girl i mean you get the idea they were going to pull a documentary about howard Mencken, who's a gay guy who wrote the songs for little mermaid and then died of aids in the early 90s and people are like you can't be pulling that documentary about a gay guy who died of aids in the early 90s because june is pride month and in fact that's going to be interesting like bud light what are they going to do for pride month In fact, what are all the beer companies going to do for Pride Month? What are all the companies in general going to do for Pride Month? I mean, they went all out the last few years. Personally, I'm only watching gay porn for the whole month of June. And I forget what month is Transgender Month, but I'm not looking forward to that one. And I just realized, it's kind of funny, but Juneteenth is during Pride Month. And Disney has shut down its Galactic Hotel, I don't know what it's called... They have some hotel in Florida, it costs $5,000, two people, two nights, and you get to live a Star Wars life, and apparently it wasn't popular, and they're shutting it down. Fast X, the 10th Fast and the Furious movie, made $67 million in the domestic box office, on a budget of $340 million, which is to say, not good. It got a B-plus cinema score, which is also not good. Not a ton to say about it. Uh, Jason Momoa is the villain, so he doesn't sell tickets. Brie Larson, the woman who plays Captain Marvel and kind of started the whole anti-woke movie industry on YouTube, she's in it, she don't sell tickets. And maybe Vin Diesel was hoping to have his son in the movie, who's like a kid, become a spin-off character, maybe age him up real fast for other movies. But having a bunch of spin-off Fast and Furious movies is not looking like the greatest idea. Like I say, this movie cost $340 million, which is like number eight of all time. And Guardians of Galaxy had a good hold. A good hold means that it didn't go down in money that bad. Um, So for its third week, it's doing good. So we don't know if Disney's like, yeah, our movie's doing pretty good. People still like us. Or if they're like, oh, our, one, our movie that ain't super woke, our Marvel movie that ain't super woke is doing good. People hate us. But we're about to get to the good stuff because next week is the race-swapped Little Mermaid. And on streaming, the Mandalorian Star Wars TV show is doing medium and conclusive. The Queen Cleopatra Netflix TV show where they made Cleopatra black, even though she wasn't really black. Came in at number seven, which is not good. And coming out this weekend is a remake of Clone High. I mean, the cartoon, probably never heard of it, but it's famous people from history who are brought back to life. Anyways, the stars of it are a clone of Abraham Lincoln and a clone of Cleopatra. And Cleopatra is not black in it. I mean, the show was originally, came out 20 years ago. And Cleopatra's kind of funny. You know, people wish that she was black, but... Like she's so famous and and real. Anyways, there's like there's a bunch of like pictures and statues of her, and I would say she kind of looks like Anne Frank, so take that as you will. And then I didn't even know this was coming out. The biggest star of the '80s and '90s, Arnold Schwarzenegger, has his own TV show coming out called Foo Bar, where I think he's a super spy, an old one. And Grace Randolph, the YouTube movie lady who's woke that I watch for this segment, she's like, are the conservatives going to come out? You know, they stayed home for this, this, and this. Are they going to come out for Arnold Schwarzenegger? Because he was a Republican governor of California. But I think he's anti-Trump. And I don't know if America is choosing whether or not to watch Arnold Schwarzenegger's TV show based on politics, but that's a little bit of a tricky one. Do the woke people come out because he's anti-Trump? or I don't know. I mean, woke people tend to be young. And then they're playing video games or... I don't know. In my day, I meant drugs. I don't know. Whatever young people do today. But it ain't w- sitting around watching streaming. TikTok. There we go. I watched a movie that I liked this week. Um, Polite Society. It's new. I think you can only get it in select theaters. Or you can pirate it. That's what I did. But it's a Pakistani-British movie, like an African-American, but Pakistani-British. And it's an action comedy about a Pakistani-British girl who's in high school, and she wants to be the world's greatest stuntman. And then there's an evil plot, and she has to defeat the bad guys. Strangely enough, it's kind of like Shaun of the Dead. But just go find the uh, trailer on YouTube. And it's not woke or anti-woke, but it was kind of interesting to see what's going on with Pakistani people in Britain. Twitter handle, at Anti-Woke Podcast. Please tell a friend about this podcast, and thanks for listening.